But everybody say, possess the promise. Possess the promise. And so, turning in your Bible to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 1. And uh, I'm going to begin, go through to verse number 9 in the New Living Translation. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 1. This is my second letter to you, dear friends. And in both of them, I've tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the holy prophets said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come. Mocking the truth and following their own desires... They will say, what happened to the promise? Everybody say, the promise. What happened to the promise? That Jesus is coming again. From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water, and then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood, and by the same word, the present heavens and earth are being stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. He's not slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk in the next few minutes just simply about possessing the promise. I don't know if we could bow our head and close our eyes and just ask God to help us. Prepare our hearts. God, we love you tonight. Thank you, God, for all that you're doing. Lord, in Oromocto, thank you for what you're doing. In Quispam Sis, thank you for what you're doing. In Fredericton, Lord, we give you praise that you're bringing about an end-time harvest, Lord, in New Brunswick. Lord, and God, I pray you'd anoint our minds tonight, our spirits to receive from you. I pray that faith would rise in this room, and I pray that there would be a passion unleashed in this room to pursue what you have promised us, Lord, with a passion and a fervor like never before. In the name of Jesus, we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. In what we just read, Peter is addressing the church of the first century, but I also believe by extension he is addressing you and I this evening. You see, Jesus promised before he ascended into heaven, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And he has sent us his spirit. Anybody thankful for the gift of the Holy Ghost this evening? He has sent us the gift of the Holy Ghost as the comforter, a teacher for us. It is the earnest of our inheritance in heaven, and he has promised to return. And we see horrific events unfolding in the Middle East. And we see prophecy accelerating once again, even faster than before. The signs are all around us. Yet there are still scoffers and mockers that will flap their lips and ridicule those who follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Saying, what happened to the promise? What happened to the promise? 
Jesus said he's coming back. It's been almost 2,000. What, what happened to the promise? Is it really going to do it? Do you really have to do it? Do you really want to live that way? Do you really want what happened to the promise? The scoffers and the mockers have loud voices in this day and age. But it's not the first time people have scoffed and mocked the promise of God. It's not the first time the promise of God has been laughed at and ridiculed. People ridiculed and ignored Noah as he built the ark until the day the promise came. People ridiculed and ignored Noah and then Sarah, if you remember in your Bible, Sarah laughed at the promise of God. I'm going to conceive and bear a child. Yeah, right. She laughed at the promise of a son, but when Isaac was brought onto the scene, her bitter laughter was turned into joy. Goliath mocked and scoffed at the nation of Israel as they possessed the promised land, but a young teenager named David stood up with the God of the promise, and, and he slew the giant. Sanballat and Tobiah mocked the men of Israel as they rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. But Nehemiah just equipped his men with a sword and in one hand and a hammer in the other. I'm sure they knew what to do with it. Better than me. But they had a sword in one hand and a hammer in the other. And they just went on rebuilding the wall because God had given them a promise. And so this evening, I want to ask everybody in this room a question. Every person in this room, youth, child, up to the eldest among us, has God ever given you a promise? Has God ever given you a promise? Has God ever spoken something into your life that you have yet to see fulfilled? Has God ever promised you? Maybe it was in your personal prayer time. Maybe it was around these altars and you felt God speak to you and declare something into your spirit. Has God ever given you a promise? As a church, we have promises. As a body of believers, I remember people, uh, Jerry Dean and, 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 and Charles Robinette and, and, and Brother Lee Stone King and all these great men of faith speaking and releasing promises of God to this great church. And I'm so thankful for the legacy and the history, and it's not just those gentlemen, but others. We have seen and, and heard prophetic words uttered from our bishop and our pastor and, our, and, our, and Pastor Matt and Alex. And all we, we have seen, we have heard these promises, and we have begun to see some of them come to pass. But beyond us as a group, I'm not talking just as a corporate body of believers, but what has God promised specifically to you? What has God promised specifically to you? Stir up your memory maybe. Maybe it's been a little while since you, you dared to think about that youth camp. Maybe it's been a little while since you dared to think about that moment when you first came to God and you had grand visions and God was speaking directly into your life about giftings and callings and, and passion and that, the things that God wanted you to release through your life. But go back in your memory if you can and just stir those things up. What has God promised to you what has God called you into what has God promised over your life what has God promised over your family what has God promised what has God promised 
You see, the promise of God is a sacred thing. The promise of God is sacred because it's true. God wasn't joking around when he gave you that promise. I, mean, I know it might be years. I know it might. You might have to kick the cobwebs off. You, you it might not have thought about it in a while. You might think you've, it's long past what God has promised. I don't think it's ever going to happen. But can I encourage somebody today? Can I build somebody's faith to say that the promise that God gave you, no matter how long ago it was, no matter how many mistakes you've made since then, the promise of God is still true. It's still true. And for every promise, there's going to be many doubters. There's going to be a voice of doubt and a voice of mockery. And there's going to be a voice of scoffing. You see, the voice of the adversary, he's talking even right now while I'm talking. He's whispering in your ear and saying, no, he's not talking about you. You've gone too far. That promise you got years ago, that promise you got before you did this, that, and the other thing, that, that's way beyond your reach. I'm sorry, but is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? That promise that God gifted you with maybe, I don't know what's happened since then. I don't know what has gone on, but that promise is still true. I dare someone to believe that this evening. I dare someone to grasp it, to, to just shut the mouth of the lion in their ear for a minute. Because he prowls about the enemy as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's just got a roar. But if you call on the name of Jesus, Daniel can testify that the lion's mouth can be shut and you can walk forward into the promise that God has given to your life. See, the voice of the adversary rises when things don't look good, when you made a mistake, when life gets tough. The adversary begins to flap his lips when the wall that is your life just looks like it's a pile of rubble. You're trying to pick up the pieces and you don't really know what fits where and you don't know how this is all going to fit together. And when you have a word from God, and, and especially if it's something that has never happened before, it had never rained in Noah's day and he got a word from God that it's going to rain, a promise from God. And so he set about to possess that promise, but that had never happened before. And that's when the scoffers and the mockers will make their grand entrance. And so in the face of mockers, in the face of scoffers, in the face of the adversary of our soul, we must respond not with timidity, not with fear, but with faith. Because if God has ever given you a promise, repeat it. Cling to it. Possess it. Go after it. Don't just put it on the shelf and say, maybe for another day, maybe for another season. Just continue to cultivate that within you. Just continue to protect that within you and go after what God has promised to you. Because if we as a church will possess the promise, it's going to require that us as individuals possess individual promises that God has given to us. 
God has given. If you believe that, why don't you lift up your hands right now? I just feel like somebody is having a hard time believing right now what the word of the Lord is saying. That the promises of God are for you. They're for you. If God has gifted you with something, if God has planted something in your spirit, if God has ever ever called you to a higher level than given you a promise, then that's still that's still active. That's not a lie. It's true. It's true. It's true. We see the nation of Israel in Joshua chapter 1 as they go in to possess what we call the promised land. Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse number 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Mun, son of Nun. Could have been the son of Mun if he was from New Brunswick. The Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. I promise. Everybody say promise. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, will you will be on land that I have given you. Can I tell this church as a corporate body and us as individuals this evening that what God promised our elders decades ago, they might not have lived to see it, but that same promise is ours as well. Those promises that have been spoken from this pulpit and from down the hill and from other pulpits around our city, those promises, though our elders might not have lived to see it, Moses, as great as he was, didn't live live to see the promised land but we are the Joshua generation that were called to go in and possess what God has promised. I'm going to step into what God promised my elders. I'm going to carry that torch forward because God has given a promise and it's impossible for God to lie. And so the Lord tells Joshua, be strong and courageous repeatedly through these verses. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate them from them, turning either to the right nor to the left. Some things that our elders taught, we need to continue. The things that the elders gave to us, we need to continue in them. Amen? I still believe the promises of God are possessed by are possessed when we walk forward in holiness and, and separation from the world. I believe we can't possess promises that God has given to us unless we cling to what our elders pass to us and we walk forward into the promise that God has in store. And so this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see it numerous times. Joshua's commanded to be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. I've promised you what I promised Moses. I promised you what I promised previous generations. Why was he commended so many times to be strong and courageous? It's because every other voice is going to tell us. That it can't happen. There's going to be a voice of the enemy that'll say, ah, God didn't really say that. It's been years. It hasn't happened yet. It's been years. We, we, we haven't really seen it yet. You know, where is the promise of, the, of God? Where is the promise of his coming? 
And at this point in Israel's history, it had been 40 years of wandering for the nation of Israel. So you better believe there were some doubts in the back of their minds. But God is not slack concerning his promise. You see, the word of the Lord in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse number 3, says this vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and we're in the end. And it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. And I'm thankful for what God has done in Fredericton today. And I'm so thankful. Next year, I learned this week, is 100 years of Pentecost in this city. I'm so thankful. What a heritage. Anybody thankful for the heritage that we have in this city? 100 years of Pentecost. God's spirit being poured out in this city. But can I encourage us this, this evening that that's not the end of the story. Where we're at right now, that 100 years is just the beginning. What God has done done over 100 years. God's about to tramp on the accelerator and beginning to accelerate the, the end time harvest that God is bringing. The promise is here. The promise is here. And I'm going to possess what God has in store. Whatever God has promised to me, I'm going to possess it. And as we possess our promise, this church possesses its promise. Because we're living in an end time. We're living at the end of all things. And Haggai chapter 2 verse number 6 tells us, Thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, once more, it is a little while. I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. The prophet was speaking to the nation of Israel as they rebuilt the temple in Jerusalem. And, and in the Bible, you can see an obvious application to that specific time in which it was written. But I believe that this portion of scripture also has a direct message for us in the 21st century, beginning in verse number six, that Haggai says, the Lord of hosts says once more. Everybody say once more. We've heard it preached for decades. It's written about in the word of God. We've heard it taught from this pulpit. What in the world is going on? We see the signs of the times all around. Can I submit to us this evening that this is it? Once more. This is the last of the days of grace. Judgment is on its way. The signs are indisputable. And as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So they were, in, in, as in the days they were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. I believe God's saying this is the last chance. This is the last call. I'm going to shake the earth one more time. I will shake the nations one more time. People are going to be given an opportunity one more time before I come back for my church. 
Every promise is going to happen right now. Every promise is going to happen in this season. And I want it in my life. I want it in my family. I want it in my community. The promise is in this time. And at the same time, the glory of the Lord, his majesty revealed to humanity in salvation, in deliverance, in miracles, signs, and wonders. The glory of the Lord will fill his church. And so I believe before this thing's all wrapped up, there's going to be tens of thousands of people in Fredericton, New Brunswick, who have repented of their sins and been baptized in Jesus' name and have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. God wasn't joking when he said, it shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The promises of God are true. The promises of God are true. I know we have never seen the outpouring of the Holy Ghost to that extent in our area, but it's going to happen. It's a promise in the Word of God. All flesh, all people, every culture, every language, every tribe, kindred, tongue, and nation. Tens of thousands of people living free from sin, free from addiction. Free from drugs, free from the impact of PTSD or anxiety or depression, free from sickness and disease. I believe hundreds and hundreds of families are going to be brought together. I believe prodigals are going to be restored in multitudes. Children and teenagers are going to stand in faith, living for God, worshiping along with their parents in service and at home and at school and on campus. I believe the promise of God. I believe the promise of God. It shall come to pass. It shall happen. And you think, oh, well, that's going to take a lot of money. You're right. But the prophet covered that. When he said in verse number 8 of Haggai chapter 2, for the silver is mine and the gold is mine. Everything that he created is his. And so God has ample provision to provide for the vision. God has ample provision to fulfill his word. Don't worry about it. God has it. He's already provided for CCC in incredible ways through sacrificial giving. But that's just the beginning. I believe that. I believe that. And if you'll allow me towards the end of this message this evening to get a little more personal. In our family, before we moved to Oromocto, God made me two promises when, before we moved in August of 2020. He said, I will keep your kids. That's all he said. I'll keep your kids. I'll keep your kids. I heard that. Amen. I'll, it's, like, it's like I'm at OCC this afternoon. I say something and my son just echoes it. <laughs> I will keep your kids. And the second one, I will provide financially. I'm thankful that over this summer, 
The Spirit of God began to move on our son, and we've begun to see the first of these promises come to, fa- come to pass. As he went down in the waters of baptism right over here at the end of August, and I believe that whatever financial provision we need to see the kingdom of God grow in Oromocto, it will be supplied according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But I also believe that for CCC. I believe that for this territory and this community, that God will provide everything that you need. Because this church, according to the words of Jesus, is the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. The promises of God are true. They're yea and amen. And, 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 and the, the promises of this church growing is, is it's, you can't dispute it. It's going to happen. Amen? And this location, this space is a tool to facilitate the activity of the church. It's wonderful. Thank God for it. But this space, this facility is not the church. Look at your neighbor and say, you are the church. You are the church. You are the church. Paul said it this way, writing to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into an holy temple in the Lord, in whom you, everybody say, that's me, in whom you, a person, you, also are being built together, We're growing together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Because as we possess the promises of God, by necessity, the church will grow. But in order for the church to grow, saints must grow. I want to possess the promises of God, not just corporately, but individually. I want to go after what God has for me. What God has, what role he wants me to play in possessing this promised land. What role, what place does God have for me? What giftings do I have that he's placed in me that he wants to use to pursue them, possess the promise of God in this church? Everybody has a part to play. Nobody is excluded. No bystanders in the kingdom of God. Everybody's on the playing field. Everybody's on the field, and whether it be teaching Bible studies, which creates opportunities for genuine connection and relationships within the body of Christ. Maybe there's some giftings that you have to release in there. Whether it's greeting somebody as they come into this facility. Did you know that the first six seconds at the entry are the most important part of every service? Because people make snap decisions, and they've made up their mind in the first six seconds whether they like you. Or not. That's a little scary. But it's the truth. 
And so the first few moments you think, I'm just a greeter. No, 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 no. You have such an important role to play in the kingdom of God to create a space where God can minister to folks when they feel welcomed and safe to come in and lift up their hands and receive from God. It's because initially they were met by somebody at the door that shared the love of God with them through a smile, through a handshake, through a how are you doing. And, 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 it, and it, it's so important. That we possess individually the giftings and promises that God has. Because then the body will possess the promise. The tech team ensuring people can hear both in person. Everybody, you know what? These guys don't get that much appreciation. Everybody say, I love you sound team. They don't hear that very often. <laughs> but they ought to. Amen. We love the camera team, the tech team, the live stream team, the social media team, everybody that does, that works in that area because that's so important that people can hear the word of God and they can hear it in different, different areas, in different mediums, and they can have an opportunity to hear a little word from God. Maybe it's just a 10-second video or reel or whatever they call it these days, but it's an opportunity for somebody to hear the word of God. And so keep on possessing the promise. Keep on utilizing what God's put in you to possess what God has for this church. Worship, uh, outreach, spreading the good news of Jesus Christ in a coordinated way just for the sake of time. I can't spend too much time on everything. Worship team, leading people into a place where they can receive from God and creating an atmosphere of worship so that God can minister. It's so powerful. Teaching and preaching, declaring and explaining the word so that we as the body can receive instruction and direction for our lives so we can go and possess what God has for us. Cleaning and maintenance. Thank God somebody cleaned this place. Because that prepares a space for the church to gather and the church to worship. And then everybody has a role here. Christian living. How we live on a daily basis. How we walk in the spirit and take what we experience here and, and get it out into a lost and dying world. God is building his church and we are the construction material. And there's a promise attached to his church, according to Haggai chapter 2, that the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of God, his majesty on display as we individually possess the promises of God for our lives, as we go after what God has given to us, what God has planted in us. And then as we corporately pursue and possess the promise, the glory of this latter house shall be be greater. Somebody say, I have a part to play. The promises God has given me, I need to pursue it. Say it. The promises God has given me, I'm going to go after them. I'm going to go after them. I'm going to go after them because I'm a part of this victorious church. I'm part of this latter house. I'm part of this latter temple, and we're being fitly framed together, and, and, and we're going to grow into a holy temple in the Lord, and, and, the, and the world is going to come to see what God is doing in Fredericton. Amen? Amen. As we stand this evening, come back to the music. 
Somebody declare, I'm going to possess the promise. I'm going to possess the promise. I'm going to possess whatever God has put in my spirit. I'm not going to let it just sit on the back burner. I'm not going to let it collect dust on the shelf, but I've got a role to play here. I'm going to possess what God is doing both in my life and in this church. I'm going to possess as we move forward the promise that God has. And this really just came to a head for me individually when we had the privilege of attending the Apostolic Conference in Madison, Mississippi with Bishop and Pastor Dylan, along with 80 other families who are in various stages of starting churches across North America. And it was in the offering that I felt God move on my heart to give double the amount of what we had given the previous year. And I wrote that pledge out on that piece of paper, and then God spoke to me. And I, I wouldn't share this, but I heard an echo of it a few weeks ago here in this church. But this is what God said to me. He said, because you have given, as I have asked in doubling your offering at the Apostolic Conference, I will provide a double blessing in every area of your life. You will possess the double, and the church will also double. Now, this was in August. Moment of transparency. I didn't tell a soul. Anybody ever... Receive a promise from God that you were afraid to share. That sounds too crazy. Amen? I'm the, okay, if I'm the only one. Thank you, Pastor. And so I didn't tell a soul. I didn't tell my wife. Nobody. Then at the end of August... Brother Dan McLeod was here and he came to OCC and just kind of leaked out at the end of service. I got a little overexcited. And then Fresh Fire Weekend came and Alan Shawn preached a message on Saturday night that in order for us to see it, we must speak it with authority and consistency. We must possess what God has promised us. We must speak it in faith and then live it out in our daily lives to order ourselves to go after what God has promised to us. And in that service, I felt a gentle correction of the Holy Ghost. And so in, o in OCC in September, I shared this message and a lot of it. And then I thought that was the end of it. And then Pastor Arden Bustard got up here and shared a word of a thousand souls filling this sanctuary. And then last couple weeks ago when Brother Nathan Herod was here, he started talking about the church in Spain that was doubling. And so in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So I came here tonight to declare unto this body of believers that what God has begun in past years is about to accelerate. I believe that this church is going to double. I believe this church is going to double and I'm going to speak it and declare it in prayer, in fasting, when I'm talking with my brother and sister in Christ and when I'm talking with somebody who is outside 
of this church, but God is reaching for them to come in. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to step out in faith as a witness, as if I believe that every person that hears will respond to the word. I'm going to speak it in faith. I'm going to reach out and possess what God has promised. I'm going to serve with every fiber of my being. I'm going to prioritize the kingdom of God. I'm going to possess what God has promised because it takes all hands on deck to see this happen. Brother Buster's a man of God. I know, I know a little bit about him. I know he hears from God, and I know what he said is true. The will of God is for a thousand souls to fill this auditorium in the near future. I believe that. I believe that. I'm going to prioritize the promise. I'm going to pursue the promise. I'm going to possess the promise. And as God works, I'm going to celebrate. As God begins, he's already begun, and I believe he's already begun, and I'm going to keep going after it. I'm not going to be satisfied with 500. I'm not going to be satisfied when we pass the 600 mark. I'm not going to be satisfied when we pass the 800 mark. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep pursuing. I'm going to possess what God has promised both in my life and in this church. I'm going to do everything I can to see the will of God accomplished because I am going to possess the promise. I'm going to prioritize the kingdom over my convenience. I'm going to prioritize the kingdom over my schedule. I'm going to prioritize the kingdom over my preferences. That's how we possess the promise. When the promise becomes the most important thing in our families, the promises of God, and in our church, the promises of God. I'm going to speak faith, and I'm not going to allow negativity to come out of my mouth. Because I believe what the prophet Isaiah said, that, that for your shame you shall have double. And for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess the double. They shall possess the double. They shall possess the double. And everlasting joy shall be unto them. I'm going to possess it. I'm going to possess it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. And if God's ever given you a promise, I dare you to step out from where you're seated this evening. We're going to end this service around the front right now. If God's given you a promise, because that corporate promise is possessed when we as individuals possess the promises of God for our lives. For our lives. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 20. If God has ever given you a promise, the writer says all the promises of God are in him, yes, and amen. All the promises of God. Keep on coming. Why don't you step out from the aisles and come around the front? It's funny how in a Pentecostal church, this area just kind of like a black hole is here you will not fall into the abyss i promise come on fill us in from the sides come on in it's like a reverse moses effect here okay keep on coming they're still coming 
Can you imagine the glory of God that's going to be revealed when every promise represented around this altar is fulfilled? Can you imagine the witness in our city when every promise that's represented by you is fulfilled? You're going to possess it. You're going to possess it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to reach for it. I'm going to go after it. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to speak faith. I'm going to silence the voice of doubt. Anybody with me? Anybody with me? And so if you believe the promises of God are true for you, I wonder if you could throw up your hands and just begin to declare that promise out of your mouth. Speak it with authority and speak it with faith. Speak it with faith. You might feel like a, a fear. You might feel like it's too big. But speak it in faith until you truly believe it. Speak it in faith. Dust that promise off that might have been dormant for many years. Dust it off and say, yes, God, I'm going to go after it. I'm going to possess it. I believe it is true for me. I believe it is true for my family. I believe it is true for my school. I believe it is true. That's it. Declare it with faith. Let your voice out. Just speak it in with passion and with confidence and with faith. Just speak it with faith. If you've spoken it out, now why don't you pray into it in the Spirit. If you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God has a promise for you. The promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. God has a promise for everyone in this room tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I speak it in faith. I speak it in faith. No failure has disqualified me from possessing the promise. No amount of years has disqualified me from possessing this promise. Nothing has disqualified God is true. Let God be true. And every man a liar tonight. Let God be true. Let the promises of God be true in your mind and in your spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you say.